I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Ho, ho, holy shit, it's almost Christmas time. Uh, Jeremy here from Sick Boy Podcast. And just a quick little announcement before we toss it into what very well might be one of my favorite episodes of the year 2019. Um, I just wanted to to kind of pop on here and, and let you all know that for the very first time in our four years of existence, myself, Brian, and Taylor are going to take a break. <laughs> we are gonna we're gonna take the holidays to just kind of kick back and relax. So um, the next two Mondays. Monday, December 23rd, and Monday, December 30th. We will not be putting out a new episode, uh, but we will be putting out a select episode from from back in the day, something that tickles our fancy. So um, you can expect us back with new content, new episodes on the day after my birthday, January 6th, 2020, where I will be a 32-year-old human, which um, is very exciting, and I'm starting to actually feel old. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. It was a doozy. Uh, we sat down with uh, Stephanie, our new friend, who is a physiotherapist, in particular, a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Um, and you, I, I'm sure you know as much as I do. Um, it's always a delight for the three of us to sit down and talk to someone, especially someone who knows a lot about uh, the female anatomy. Or, uh, or vaginas and people with vaginas. Uh, because myself, Brian, and Taylor, we're cis men and we don't have vaginas. So we are fascinated by the subject. And Stephanie, uh, she brings the goods. It is very fascinating conversation. And I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. And happy holidays to all of you. Um, we love each and every one of you and I hope you stay safe and I hope you have a, a wonderful time with family and friends and soak it all up, eat good food, drink good drinks and uh open open those presents um but don't don't give in to consumerism and waste okay well you know what this is not the platform for that okay hope you enjoy this week's episode love you all bye welcome to sick boy a podcast that talks about what it's like to be sick this week's guest is stephanie brown she talks to the guys about their pelvic floor and keggles keg kegels keg kegels uh let's talk about it That it was good. That it existed in here at this time. That it was new. Oh, that it yeah, was something. That it was new. Oh, okay. yeah. It's so weird to hear my voice in these things. It, well, yeah. If it's tripping you too much, feel free to take them off. Uh, oh, you know, okay. you, yeah, you don't have to wear them. Um, I kind of like it. It's like, it sounds like you're on a podcast. <laughs> uh, all right. No, I've been doing it for a long time. I want to start. I was, I, was in, um, I was in Starbucks before we came, and, and uh, the guy was like, Any exciting plans for tonight? And I was like, Fucking oh man, your man. energy is so much right now. <laughs> and you were like, was, you were like, I was like, you should have been like, well, actually. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, no, just, just uh, going to work. And, uh, and you he was didn't, like, you didn't take that opportunity 
in public to make say somebody really uncomfortable. Well, I'm actually going to go talk to a stranger about how, for her job, she <laughs> tends to stick her fingers in people's buttholes and vaginas. Because <laughs> I would definitely. Well, I don't know if I would have known if I if we had had this conversation already, and somebody asked. After I had been there, then I'd probably tell them all the things that I learned. Well, like, I don't really think about like, it too well, much before just you. hang on a minute. But, but I was like, oh, and they were like, oh, what a bummer. And I was like, no, I actually like what I, what I do for work. And they were like, oh, is it cool? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, it's a media thing. And they're like, what type of media yeah, thing? And I was yeah, like, oh, fuck, uh, stop well, media thing, There's microphones involved. They're like, oh, tell us more. Yeah. Um, well, I do feel like having dropped that bomb that we're about to talk to someone who uses their hands in orifices for their job uh, is probably leaving some people wondering, who, what the fuck are we talking about today? Um, Stephanie, why don't, you, why don't you just like let us know your, your, your title? What would you... What are you? I didn't realize that was the start of the podcast. I didn't either. Oh, we're in. Oh, we're in, baby. We're in. No pun intended. Uh, that, I was gonna say we that are in good. deep. Oh, whoa, geez. whoa. Geez, took it to the next level. Index finger deep. Maybe even deeper. I don't know. We're about to find Middle out. Finger deep? <laughs> Maybe. I That's like know. a quarter inch deeper. All right, let's just get let's let's get there. What are we're we what are we talking there. about? Okay. So who I am, I guess, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, my name is Stephanie Brown and I'm a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Um, so essentially, I mean, to say it the nice way would be that we do internal vaginal and rectal exams. That is the nice, that is the <laughs> nicest the nice way. way that sounds it. like the nicest <laughs> way you could put it. I, I, I want people to still come see me after this podcast. <laughs> well, well, I was wondering. You're talking to a three dopes who know nothing. Oh, God. But I, I was actually, and not to like come at you with questions right away because I, we've barely let you even talk yet, but, but, um, I wasn't sure that, um, you had to do internal exams to understand um, what somebody's pelvic floor is actually like. Like, do you have, I don't know anything about you this. You whatever. I mean, let's like, let's start from the very beginning. What but is you, a vagina? But you just said that you, no. you just said that you do internal <laughs> exams. And, yeah. and I think my understanding is that not a lot of people know like the importance of the pelvic floor. Well, how about this? Let's start it's with this, Brian. Mis- so I'm asking so let's, let's start with what is the pelvic floor? Yeah. Okay, let's go there first. I should have brought my pelvis for you guys. I, I want to know about the You didn't bring your pelvis? After. Well, <laughs> that's, that's a different episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so okay, so what is the pelvic floor? So basically, like the best way to imagine it in your head is as like a little hammock or a little sling. So you're going to imagine that, and then you're going to imagine that sitting at the base of the pelvis. And it's the same for you guys as it is for girls. The only difference is that you have testicles, so you have more support. That's why men don't typically have as much like leakage as women might. More, more support in like in like what terms? Like you because you think of that the they're... testicles are like have a lot more muscles around them and more support around your urethra than we okay. do. Oh, okay. So, so that that you hammock know. that you're referring to at the base of the pelvic floor is. Or at the at the floor of the pelvis, the yeah. pelvic floor is is a hammock of Muscle. of musculature that is there to basically just like allow all of the parts of the body within the pelvis to function properly. Yeah, and to have support. Mm, okay. So okay, so we'll give a little like anatomy here without pelvis. So your pubic bone is at the front of your pelvis, right? right. So we mm-hmm. all have that. Mm-hmm. Then you have your sit bones, which are the two bones in your bum that we're all sitting on right now. Like if someone is sitting at home listening to this or in your even yeah. in your car, if yeah. you pulled your like the, the yeah, the fleshy parts of your butt like back behind you and yeah. sat up nice and tall. You're gonna feel the sits bones yeah. like like right up right up on top of them. Right, right in there. Can mm-hmm. we uh, yeah. just clear the air right now? Is it the sit 
Sits bones? I think it's technically. Sits, I think it's sits, it? sits They're called bones. sits. Uh, technically, they're called your ischial tuberosities. Right. Yeah. But, but it's saying sits Sits bones. bone. So it's like S-I-T-Z. Oh. Sits. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was like sits, like you sit on them. So they're Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Because like as a yoga teacher, I've been hearing people say that for like yeah. a fucking yeah. decade. And you're and just like, idiots. Yeah. It's sit No, I've, I've always said yeah, it too. Basically. I've always said, I've always said it. Sounding like sit plural, yeah, sits because I heard other people say it, and I was like, Well, there must be two of them, <laughs> and I know it so. more as the issue of tuberosity more than, than yeah. I did sits bones. I didn't know there was a Z on there, okay, yeah, cool. so Thank it's all sits bones. So, yeah, if you were like sitting in your car or in a chair and you literally put your hands on your bum, those are the two like bony bones you mm-hmm. feel, mm-hmm. um, and then your coccyx or your tailbone is kind of like the back. Mm-hmm. So, all the muscles attach at like that pubic bone, the sits bones, and then back to the tailbone. And that's the pelvis. That's, that's the a, pelvic floor. Right. Or the, yeah. That's all the pelvic floor. That's right. where all okay. the muscles sure. like attach. Yeah. Sure. So they're, they have kind of five main functions. So the first one would be like to support your bladder and your bowel and like any function to do with batter, bladder and bowel. So your ability to hold your pee, your ability to pee when you want to pee, to not leak at all. Your so ability. holding your pee is a muscular thing, not a not a bladder contracting? There's or, two. There's uh, definitely two. So that we kind of have like two sphincters there. One at the neck of your bladder that does the majority of the control. Okay. It's like an automatic response, just like you breathe or your heart beats. That and one. A, and a sphincter is a sphincter is just like basically like a... a, a, a is like a, a, a maybe like a junction muscular valve like a type junction thing, right? yeah like a valve where like yeah. where you could have them at in, there's lots of them throughout there the body right? yeah yeah you have but like valves in your like heart your throat body. right is your yeah. throat one well it's a bit of a different sphincter but it's still kind of like an i guess an orifice in a sense like mm-hmm. they all have muscle around them mm-hmm. okay so yeah to get back to the bladder so you have that one at the neck of the bladder that's completely controlled by your brain and then we have one closer to like where the pee exits the urethra and our pelvic floor has some support in controlling that one. Okay. So if yeah. you wanted to engage your pelvic floor, which I hear all the time in yoga class, mm-hmm. it, is there like a certain like muscle that you can like try to flex that that like guys would be able to think about using that would be actually flexing the pelvic floor? Ever heard of a Kegel, Bri? <laughs> yeah, well, I have, but I, I don't understand what it means what to do a means? Kegel for like a, a, a guy. For a guy. I think mm. a Kegel I think a Kegel is the same day. for everybody in terms of what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. But so, and, and I, I'd like, you will definitely be able to explain this. Um, but the thing that I learned from you is that I thought a Kegel was just like, like, when, I know when I say it, everyone just like, everyone's nose, nostrils just like flare because they're like, oh, I'm doing it too. It's like when you, when you kind of hold your pee or hold your butthole, mm-hmm. you know where your butthole goes like, mm-hmm. I thought that was a Kegel. Well, how it goes, how it goes, it goes. That's the sound of me. But, but, but see, it's, way, it's way deeper so I guess, than that. Uh, well, so I guess my question is for you, because you said, you know, you used the word Kegel to talk about that. Right. What's like, I kind of thought before, I don't know where I heard this before, but I thought like, oh, if I want to engage my pelvic floor as a guy, I like squeeze the tip of my dick. And like with your like, fingers, almost with, like almost like pinch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but almost like uh, like if like you were trying to like cut off a stream of pee. Yeah, yeah like, that, and that's that's yeah, the right. That. So that is what I thought a kegel was, but but I've learned that a kegel is also engaging your your like lower abdominal muscles, and it's like it's a, it's move. I mean, for people that it, it 
it, I was like, oh, it's Mula Bunda. Yeah. yeah. Like that is a key. That's a key. That's why you do those two and, locks. And like Udiana, I don't know the names of them, but you Udiana, do. Like, Udiana Bunda is, the, is like the lower abdomen, like just below the belly button, kind of like the in and up in the navel. Yep. And then Mula Bunda is more from like, is more of the. From within. Is, is more of the, more of the, more pelvic floor sort of. Um, what's the what's the real term for your taint perineum <laughs> what's the what real taint i never heard it's that. the space it's, it's between your perineum, okay. the space it's between it? your perineum yeah it's, it's the, perineum. the space yeah. between your ball sack and your butthole yeah or your, <laughs> or your vagina vagina and your butthole, and your butthole. Yeah. yeah yeah that's called the taint that's new i learned something. well when i well when i explain it in yoga, you didn't learn something you you learn you remember earlier when you were like i think the nice way of putting it is is this yeah. you just learned the shitty way yeah, of saying it shitty way do not say that it's more like no and i don't say that in yoga either when i explain it i say i i explain a little i explain it in the way of using the muscles like when you're talking about like oh contracting as if you're trying to kind of holding your pee and but when we talk about it in yoga we talk we we go we go about it in saying like you know the sort of the same action as 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 holding in your pee or kind of like like clenching your butt a little bit but but that those are almost and correct me if i'm wrong that those are almost like um, peripheral results of the of mm. the pelvic floor strengthening. So in yoga or or engaging. So in yoga, we kind of talk about how in an ideal world you wouldn't actually do those two things. You'd kind of try to isolate the pelvic floor a little bit more specifically, so that you're not so that you're not over tightening or over um, engaging like parts that you don't really need to yeah. for the purpose of what a yoga practice is for, which isn't a whole other conversation, but you guys that- aren't wrong in using those cues. Okay. <clears throat> so like when I am assessing someone, so when we're doing an internal, we basically 30 to 40% of women don't Kegel right. Like, and that pro- number is probably even higher really, mm, but right. for the reasons we all just talked about, because people have no idea how to get those muscles to come on. So there's like a gazillion different cues that you can use. Mm-hmm. But I'll usually teach people. So when we think of pelvic floor, if you think of like that pubic bone at the front and tailbone at the back, that sling runs between those two bones. So mm-hmm. I'll get people to go to try to think, okay, I want you to think of holding your pee. Imagine you really have to pee and you're trying to hold it. So that's contracting around the urethra. Mm-hmm. And then for women, vaginally, which I'll is say, more at the front. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right at that pubic bone. And then I'll say, okay, imagine a blueberry right at the entrance of the vagina, and you're going to try to gently pick it up and pull it inside. So all the pelvic floor is always like squeeze and lift. Like right. a ping pong show in, yeah. uh, in, in Thailand. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh a ping, like a ping pong show. <laughs> I don't know. I want to know about that. <laughs> well, just Google, just Google it. I, so I've heard. I, Everyone, I've never been to Thailand. Now, I don't know. Stephanie, later, Google it. And everybody who's listening now, pause and Google it. Don't do it. Oh, my God, don't. <laughs> I didn't go the well, last time I was in Thailand, but. I will next time. So, anyway, okay. uh, sorry, blueberry. Yeah, lift, lift blueberry. the blueberry. You pick that blueberry up. And during the I Hear You uh, series, actually, Francesca said it perfectly because mm-hmm. it was, you're trying to pick a blueberry up and keep it a blueberry, not turn it into jam. Which so is, it's a gentle, really I funny. saw you laugh. Yeah, I laughed. I thought that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> which connotes like a really, it's like a, a large amount of control. control. Yes, yeah. because, because like, otherwise we get all glutes, all abdominal right. muscles. And it's a very like gentle lift. So... Um, that's kind of like the middle and then the back is literally like try to imagine holding in a fart like try to imagine right. holding in okay. gas okay wait but with with the blueberry thing um as i don't have a vagina i'm not sure like how, how like how it? no but like how much how much control does like the average person have like if somebody um didn't like do go to see a pel- pelvic floor physiotherapist mm-hmm. would would the average woman 
um, be able to like kind of conceptualize what that would be like to pick up a blueberry very gently. And it's hard for everyone. That cue doesn't work for everybody. So we have like a whole slew. So another one is like, try to imagine drinking a milkshake out of a straw and sipping it through your vagina. So other ones will be like, imagine a jellyfish, like how a jellyfish opens and closes or how a flower opens and closes. And like on the clothes, we're trying to get them to cue. Um, So we go through, I might go through like six different cues with someone before they actually get it right. But really what what you're essentially asking them to do through whichever visualization is to contract your vaginal muscles. Mm. Yep. Right. Yep. Whenever, whenever, when I was really young and I, I talk about this a lot, when I try to explain what it is to find, to find those, those, to create those neural pathways to, to, to actually tell a singular muscle or, or a small group of muscles to I do know ex- something. I know exactly what you're going to talk I, about. I talk, I, this is always how I refer to it because I, um, so when I was, when I was really, when I was like maybe 12 or 13, one of my best friends, um, uh, he could like bounce his pec muscles up and down, like, and just his pec muscles. And I was very fascinated by this. And uh, he's like, yo, Taylor, check this out. And he shows me and I'm like, whoa, that's the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And so I'm like, well, I want to do that. So I'm looking at my chest. I look down on my chest and I'm trying to do it and I can't. And, but I can do it. If I try to flex just my pec, I can, if I clench my fist, flex my bicep, my chest will then turn on. I've got to turn on this like big group of muscles to do, to do just the, just to turn on the one muscle that I actually mm. want to. And then over time, as I think about it and I like, I sit there and it's literally is like for me anyway, sitting there and like almost meditating on it, like trying to concentrate so hard on just that one muscle doing the one thing I want it to do and not having to use all the other muscles that surround it and support it until like, you know, two or three weeks go by and I'm, I'm, I'm just like every day, I'm just committed to this. I'm staring <laughs> at my chest, like trying to do it. And then all of a sudden, and like it does it once and then you go, oh yeah, doom, doom. And, and, and eventually I go into practice one day and I'm like, yo, dude, check it out. And then, and then, and then you met Kyla and you were like, I'm going to court her. And you went, bop, 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 bop. And she was like, I love you. And, and you're like, been together for a decade. Yeah. And so, and so that's, and, and, but gradually over time it goes from having to turn on this, like this group of muscles that like really there's all these peripheral ones that you don't really want to use. They're not really doing, they, they kind of help you to, to know what you're turning on or they're in the. It's if you flex all these, then you'll end up flexing the one that you want. But eventually we kind of want to let the other ones fall by the wayside and just have control of this one muscle. And over time and with practice. So when Brian asked that question about yeah. like, does it do, do, does the average woman that you see and when you're talking about like Kegel exercises and engaging in the blueberry and whatever the cues are that you're giving, I'm kind of imagining that the answer is for most people is probably that there's not a whole lot of control or if they can turn it on, it's not coordinated. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's very kind of like, it's very kind of like sharp, like the edges are sharp. Like you, yeah. like there's not a whole lot of finesse. Yeah. To, and to you'll it. usually see like their whole body, like you see their glutes, you see their core. So exactly what you said, you just trained muscle memory so that your brain could go, okay, yeah, I want to, I need to isolate my pec muscle. Mm. So when I first start seeing people, oftentimes it's like, their whole entire body is like trying to contract their Mm. pelvic floor. And I'm like, you don't need to try that hard. Yeah. Like everything, like from their feet to their shoulders is like clenched. And they will get it. Yep. If they do all that, the the more you practice and the more you isolate it. So I teach a lot of like breathing and deep breathing and like trying to connect and like going into a room and like spending some Mm -hmm. time. And they're like, Mm -hmm. man, I didn't think this would be so hard, but I'm like, you are, you're trying to isolate a muscle that you don't often think of like Mm. that. I I know. 
I was going to say, I was going to change topics because well, I have a, I, I'm just, I just want to, I want to just clarify something. Like I know that we are talking, um, because so, so we're talking to you as a physio, a, a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Mm-hmm. We're talking about what the pelvic floor is, how to engage the pelvic floor. And I know we're, we're referring to, for the most part, referring to people with vaginas and, and how that relates to them. But men also have a pelvic floor, but why? So you kind of touched on with like the incontinence thing, but like, why the fuck is it important for people to know about their own pelvic floor and like what it, what, it, what falls under the umbrella umbrella of like pelvic floor health or like, who are the people, who are your clients? Like who, who should be seeing you? Everyone. <laughs> right. Dude, Legitimately. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the easy answer. Have you ever read a Cosmo magazine? Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, 10 reasons why a stronger pelvic floor will lead to better sex. Well, you you know? so that, I mean, that <laughs> is your crunches. That is one. That's Which, probably one example. It I, is. I believe that doing crunches doesn't really help strengthen your pelvic floor. But anyway, not so much. But so, yeah, so we kind of we got like way off track there when we were talking about like <laughs> the functions of the pelvic floor. Yeah. So we're going to like rewind like. 20 minutes um, to that bladder and bladder and bowel function. Right. The second major function is sexual function. So if you have a strong pelvic floor, it it, like you are meant to be trying to do Kegels as you're having intercourse. So without even knowing that you're doing them, your pelvic floor is contracting because that's what helps women orgasm. It's what makes intercourse feel better. Um, It's what gives you more sensation. So I'll see people that one end of the spectrum is like they can't have sex because it's so painful. Mm. And the other end is like they have no sensation with sex whatsoever right. or they can't orgasm. Or, so some of those come into that. Um, the other function is like the support of your organs. So we talked about that little hammock that's in that pelvis, literally your bladder, your bowel for you guys too. For women, we have the uterus in there as well. So those muscles are like holding all that stuff inside. So if there's weakness or issues there, then for women, we are subject to pelvic organ prolapse. So Mm -hmm. that's when those organs start to descend and can actually like exit the vagina. Which we had a conversation about that not too long ago. Oh, awesome. That was the, so, so a little bit of like background. I heard you speak, you did, gave like a 30 minute seminar at a, at a, a podcast launch that my wife had, had produced called I Hear You. And, and when you were speaking, you were you dropped you dropped uh, pelvic uh, organ prolapse. You mentioned uh, vaginismus. You mentioned PVD um, provoked v- vestibulodynia. Did I fuck that up? I, vestibul- I had, like, when I was driving here, I'm like, what am I going to get? I was like, I'm going to get them to say these three things fast because it'll be really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but you were saying all these things, and I was going, we we talked about that on the on the podcast. We talked about that on the podcast. We talked about that on the podcast. But not once in any of those conversations did the term pelvic floor physiotherapy. Mm. Maybe come a little out. bit. Maybe mm. a little bit in vaginismus. Maybe but not, slightly, but not a, slightly, not a lot. Yeah. Two episodes did, but only for like five minutes, or and so. like yeah. barely the, even I think, that. I think we were like pelvic floor yoga, and then like that, yeah, that was it. That, and that, and yeah. so it was like this moment where I was like, God, this is this is like this missing link that I think a lot of people might not know about. I mean, at least I feel like I didn't know yeah, shit. So many people don't know. Mm-hmm. So many people don't even know we exist. And even like there's lots of physicians and like specialists that don't exactly know everything that we're capable mm. of doing. So. Right. And is there and, and and kind of in the way of like of why a lot of people don't and again like correct me if I'm wrong, that people don't know how to engage it or like use it 
the way that is like a healthy way of kind of, you know, keeping things engaged and, and engaged properly is and, and something that I go to and when I'm when I'm speaking to the pelvic floor and in my yoga teaching is that it's not a muscle you can see. And so when you can't see it, it's very challenging to to conceptualize yep. making it do what you want it to do. Yeah, Whereas like the like, so as. You know, yeah. it's very, you know, you have your hand, it's like, well, clench your fist. And you can see it, you can see it yeah. do it. You know, you mm. have a very it's easier to it's easier to do when you can see the muscle. And I'll get people happening. to like if they're comfortable inserting a finger, I will ask them to like go home and try to insert a finger in your own vagina and do those things. And you should feel a tension and a tightness around mm. your finger. Mm-hmm. So for some people that is useful. Um, also when I'm doing my assessments, I'm literally having them do all this stuff while I'm doing an internal exam so I can give them that feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have different machines that we use. So one's called biofeedback. It looks like basically a little tampon essentially that we can insert in the vagina mm-hmm. and it picks up on a like electrical activity and muscle. And then that's transferred to, uh, basically like a screen or a graph and it shows them when they're contracting and when they're not. Mm. So I very rarely have to use that just because I find like just with the manual feedback from me and them doing it, we get it. Kind of like a grip test the, yeah. for the vagina. The reason why I was asking about the internal exam and the reason why I want, wanted to have this um, conversation so bad with you is because um, my girlfriend's an athlete and she went to see a pelvic floor physiotherapist um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And she's also a yoga teacher and after the session, she was talking to me and she was like, whoa, I was so surprised. There was, there were so many things that I didn't know. And, and like, um, pelvic floor physiotherapy is really important and she didn't know about it, but, um, she was under the impression before that it was going to be an internal exam and then it, it wasn't. Okay. So I think she was curious as to like, why, why, why wasn't it? Can they tell if it's your pelvic floor? I mean, she had some specific um, symptoms that probably told them that um, she had a, a weaker pelvic floor, but she's an athlete. So mm-hmm. she was, it's, it's not that her pelvic floor is weaker. I think it's that her transverse abs and her abdominals are a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Is it a common issue in athletes? It can be for sure. And like that pelvic floor maybe isn't coming on or firing properly. So it's individual. There are times when I don't necessarily do an internal. It's rare that I don't. Um, it may be because the person's just so uncomfortable with it. Sometimes it can be because if there is an active infection of any sort, then we won't do an internal exam. Um, if first trimester pregnancy, so hopefully. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, first trimester pregnancy you don't. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing if that was, if, if you just got a text that. right now <laughs> I'm texting it right now no, I'm just kidding. Um, so there, there can be reasons why an internal is not done the way I like to explain it to people is like if you went to see a physiotherapist because your back was sore if that physio didn't put their hands on you and touch you and right. get you to move and do things, then you'd probably be like, well, I don't really feel like much happened here. So mm. like we talked about pelvic floor is inside. So I always say to people, the only way to really truly know what's going on with the muscles is to do an internal exam to, mm. to feel mm. what's going on. But there are definitely sometimes reasons why we wouldn't or couldn't do an internal. Yeah. Right. Well, um, and, and then the second thing I was really curious about was um, why did you get into pelvic mm. floor physiotherapy? Yeah, that's a good question. I get asked that a lot. Um, so I, I've been a physio for 13 years now, um, and I've pretty much worked, I feel like, in almost every area of physio. So I, I've worked in like acute medicine and ICU and emergency and long-term care and, 
sports clinics with like elite athletes. Um, and then I got pregnant. And after my first baby, I had a pretty traumatic labor and delivery with her. And I probably was about a nine year practicing physio at this point. And after her was really active when I was pregnant with her, went back to exercise right away. And I, I got on the treadmill and I started leaking. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, I had a baby, so I'll go and go to the bathroom. Didn't think much of it. Leaking had, pee or? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then every time I do like sit-ups or crunches, like my tailbone would be so sore. I literally like could hardly get off the mat. And as a physio, I still was like, man, I just had a baby. Like, I'm sure this is all going to go away. And like a year and a half later, I, I remember one day I was going for a run with my brother and I, I was outside. I had a light gray pair of Lulu's on and literally was peeing in my pants the entire time I was running mm -hmm. with my brother. And thankfully we were close enough that I was like, man, I need your sweater. Like there's pee all over my pants. Like, <laughs> Give me your sweater to tie around me. He was cool. We were, we were good. Um, so again, like most women, I just chalked it up to like, this is probably a normal part of childbirth. Um, and then got pregnant with my second child and my pelvic pain was so bad when I was pregnant with him and my incontinence was so bad that if I sneezed or coughed or laughed, I'd literally have to change my pants because oh, I would crazy. wet myself. And, um, so it was actually my, my midwife, um, that sent me to see a pelvic floor physio. And after that appointment, I left and I was mind blown. Like I remember going back to some of my physio friends and be like, oh my God, like this was incredible. Like I learned all of this stuff and I'm a physio and there was stuff that <laughs> so I didn't it, it know. It was all new. It wasn't like, it was, was it a mix of new and like, oh, duh, or was it? There was a lot of like, oh my God, when I never put those two things together. Right. Mm. Um, so when I went to Dalhousie, we, we learned what the pelvis was, but we didn't learn a lot about pelvic floor. <coughs> mm -hmm. I'm happy to say now that the university spends an entire week on pelvic floor. So we, they have, I have a colleague that um, goes into the university, spends a whole week teaching it. They don't do internal exams, but they at least learn much more about it than we did um, when I graduated. So I saw this pelvic floor physio and was mind blown. And I was like, oh my God, like, more people need to know about this. I should not. Why, I remember saying to her the whole time, why didn't no one ever tell me this? Like, why did mm -hmm. no one ever refer me to you? And like, why was I thinking all of this was normal? What was her answer? Like, uh, like was, was, uh, let me rephrase that. Has, has, cause it seems like pelvic floor physio, considering that they never really taught you a lot about it in, at Dow. Yes. Um, it seems like this concept of, of, or this like practice of pelvic floor physio or like the idea of it in the medical community has, is like still like relatively new. Yeah. Um, it, it, because of that, is it, is it viewed upon by some or have you come across this where it's, it's kind of like oh, that woo woo shit? No, definitely not. It's like a hundred percent like, Oh no, no, this is like the science backs like is there yeah. and There's we fully support it. And, support it. Right. Yeah. But, but like, are there like those old doctors, like old fucking, Old school dudes that are just like, mm, Meh. I don't know. You know, like, do, do you guys face that very much? I haven't personally um, faced that. That's I, good. I think, like, the, the people that have kind of been around doing pelvic floor physio, the people that are teaching these programs right now have been doing it in Quebec, actually, for about 25 years. Um, mm. So it's been around. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of physiotherapy practice, it's newer, I yeah. suppose. But there's lots of research to support the efficiency of it and like how, how much we can improve people's quality mm. of life and change some of these symptoms. Um, so yeah, so after I had my son, I, I literally did my course like three months after I gave birth to him. Mm. Um, and then I've been doing it exclusively ever since. So. And it kind of like, I mean, 
like I know like you have you've been doing you've been like seeing somebody uh, you're you're like what you call physio for your cf is different from like what we talk call physio when we're talking about uh, that's a bit of a different physiotherapist different physio, yeah it's but like, like a phys- yeah we've all seen physios and yeah. like i have seen i mean just the same way that you can go to a hospital and you can get a doctor who basically doesn't even look at you just looks at a chart and tells you what then you get a doctor who's like this you go to a physio and they and you know i've gone into physio clinics and they've you know, they've, I've gotten my shoulder hurts and they stick needles in my shoulder and they leave the room and put the electrodes on. 20 minutes later, they, I, I leave. And then I've had phys, like the physio that I've been working with um, now, Drew Stratton is like, like, you know, like so hands on and like figuring everything out, always looking at things. I'll say something one day and he'll, you know, the next time I see him, he'll be like, oh, I read these research papers on this. And like, I was thinking that. And it takes though it takes like that type of person mm. like him or like you to go like oh, I had this experience and now I'm like going to do this deep dive into this like section of physio yep. that you know maybe hasn't ha- been paid attention to as much as it should have and I'm really interested because of my personal experience like yeah. it takes those it takes people like you guys to to go in that direction and to push that and to you know to come here and to talk about it so that you know all the people listening to this that are like I mean, who knows how many women are listening to this who are like, I had a baby and I've been like, I've been peeing my pants for the last however long and I never knew why. But the crazy thing is it's not even people who had babies because um, uh, like your experience was was very similar to Maddie. She was running and was like, Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, okay. and, right. But that and, could that could be her water breaking. We, we, just, <laughs> we still haven't figured that out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> because oh, no. you might be a dad. Remember? It could, it right. could be. Remember, which, you could yeah, be a daddy. Yeah. You, you never know. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. And so I see I, is so that many the, different women. So that's the, that's the, uh, that's the, is that the most the common denominator between like women who end up seeing physiotherapists or uh, pelvic floor physios is that, you know, they, they're like, they end up leaking and they're like what the hell's going some on some of here? the times it's very so much like i see women who are 18 that um you know have pain with sex it's common mm-hmm. um most of the people that come to see me that age is either pain with intercourse or pain inserting tampons or tailbone pain or they're leaking um so a lot of like elite athletes will have incontinence um or can have incontinence and it's more linked to it can be weakness in the muscle it can be like a lot of tension so a lot of dancers gymnasts uh figure skaters gymnasts are are known to have issues with their pelvic floor and it's like Mm. the postures they assume and the way that they hold themselves in different positions and it leads to tension there right so you don't have to have just had a baby it's just that a lot of trauma happens after having babies so you can be prone Mm. to more of this but Mm. i see girls that have never had kids i see girls that have just had babies or that are pregnant and then i see women who've been fine like their entire life and then menopause hits and Mm. my my girlfriend's come to see you because she I, i mean we think she just she fell on her tailbone like on the ice last year and her back's been like kind of just fucky ever since and she went to see you once and was like, I, I think I'm fixed. Like, like it was just tailbone pain, you know, Dude, like, like coccyx issue. woo woo. Yeah. I don't fucking uh, know. She hit me uh, on the head with a book <laughs> and said, you are cured. No. And I'm good now. But it, it did like really blow her mind. Like the, just the, because she was having so like, you know, and that tailbone pain was like radiating through her low back and she was, it was causing all these other problems and her, her osteopath was like, maybe you should see a, 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 a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And, and like she, t- even today she was like, my back hasn't hurt since I've, I've seen Stephanie. Like it's so, you know, 
it, it's a, it can be so, it's such a broad spectrum of things it to go see. in so many different ways. Yeah. Like so many people come in with chronic back pain or chronic hip pain. And yeah. They've had their back treated and their hip treated, but it's still temporarily better, but still never really gone. And the the pelvis is like the fulcrum. It's like your mm. whole upper body rests on it. Your whole lower body depends on it. So if something is messed up in your pelvis, it's going to affect things like above and below. Is, is there a risk of overstrengthening <laughs> your pelvic floor? Yep. Yep. So that's when sometimes we can see like too much tension. So even if there's way too much tension in the pelvic floor, you could have pain with intercourse. You could still have stress incontinence like that running, coughing, sneezing. And that's why some elite athletes will have it because they're just so strong everywhere. Pelvic floor is also really strong. So I'll often explain it to people like if you imagine shrugging your shoulders and holding them up in that position and then I asked you to do a shoulder shrug, like you are not going to have any room to go any further. Mm. So they're like so tight in that position. And then they go to do a Kegel and it's like, there's nothing left. I can't release. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So then that's a lot of teaching, like, you know, relaxing and lengthening pelvic floor. One okay. thing that you said that made me a, like a little bit sad is, um, is people laughing and, and like, and, and because of that, like they're incontinent, they're, they pee themselves. Yeah. I, I have this like running tally throughout my life of, you know, make someone laugh and, so that they spit water out of their mouth, <laughs> make someone laugh and they fart audibly, make someone laugh and they pee themselves. And like, I've, I, I've done most of these things, but now I'm like, when that, when that person peed, cause I made them laugh, <laughs> was, their was that really floor. me? <laughs> Or did they just have a fucking <laughs> pelvic floor that just like yeah, just a weak you pelvic just floor? A pelvic floor yeah. issue. Now yeah. you're like, I know what you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you should still like the fact that you even and then found you could them in give a crowd. him a kickback. Should I? Should I for still all the for all the patients that you yeah. that he sends you yeah. when he makes them laugh and pee? My yeah. Still count it. Yeah, you're yes. identifying the ones with weak pelvic floors. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'll still count it. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this very short break. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Know someone who might be struggling with their mental health? You can help. As a listener of Sick Boy, you know that we've been having these types of convos forever now. You'll also know that sometimes we make mistakes, and that's okay. We're human. Supporting someone through struggle in their life isn't easy. It's an art, not a science, and we all make mistakes. That being said, we can do our best to prep by educating ourselves. And our friends over at Jack.org have created a resource for just that. Check out BeThere.org for more information. Let's create a world where we can all better support one another. When you talk about, Brian asked a question about the about over-strengthening, and, and I hear in your language more around like the tension, like... I didn't realize until my until my partner was telling me about like all the people that she knows, all the women that she knows who have like a lot of pain when they have sex. And like yeah. for some of them it's you know, we did the episode on vaginismus and then and then I was like, I think that might be what's going like, is that it? And now we're talking about the pelvic floor and how that can 
I mean, mm-hmm. what is the link there between vaginismus and pelvic floor tension? Huge. Like, are they like are they one in the same? Like, if yeah. you're gonna say that I have vaginismus, are you really saying that you have a your pelvic floor has like massive tension in it that can't be released, or it's very? But it could be. It could be from like released? vaginismus could also just come from. For, like that, that could be from like uh, psychological trauma too, yeah. right? Like it, it's not just no. your pelvic floor is too tight. Like so that what, could be what, a, vagin- what a vaginismus. So, okay, before we do this, can we just do one thing that's going to be really funny? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so I'm going to say three words and then I want you guys to say them after. Okay, all right. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Volvodinia vestibulodinia vaginismus. Oh, Volvodinia vestibulodinia. Volvodinia vestibulodinia vaginismus. Uh, Volvodinia vestibulodinia vaginismus. Was that close? Yeah. Did you get it? You did. You even got like the, 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 like, I just, yeah. I, I heard you just, just re- like, I heard you repeat <laughs> the same thing twice. <laughs> That's what I heard. Can you say it again? Volvodinia. 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 Vestibulodinia. Vaginismus. Volvodinia vestibulodinia vaginismus. Yeah. If you're not saying this at home to yourself right now, then you're not. Turn off our podcast. You're not actually listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, let's just say what vaginismus is. So, vaginismus is like a, a terror of penetration. Um, terror? Like a terror. Like you're terrified yeah, of right, penetration. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, horror? 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 Yeah. Horror. Uh, uh, the horror show. Terror? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's literally like um, a subconscious, um, not an ability to control that contraction. So the entrance of the vagina literally contracts and closes. It closes so tightly that penetration can be impossible for some people. And it's a subconscious thing. They're not trying Mm -hmm, to do mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. It's just so ingrained that it happens without really thinking about it. So for that, yes, there's like a ton of tension right at the entrance of the vagina and oftentimes internally as well. But um, so it is purely tension. Okay. Um, A vulvodynia is more. So when we say vulva, Vulva is literally like the area of the vagina that you're looking at when you're looking at a vagina. From the outside. Assume you all have probably. Right? So the area that you see is the vulva. The vagina is what's inside. Mm -hmm. We just call it the vagina. Right. Um, So vulvodynia is literally like, could be anywhere in that area. Like anywhere, like labia, right at the opening of the vagina, towards the perineum. Like it's very generalized. And vestibulodynia is if we think of where the entrance of the vagina is and then the labia minora, which is like the smaller lips of the vagina. In between the entrance of the vagina and the labia minora, that's where the vestibule is. And any I thought you there, said lady aminora. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, there's a part of the vagina called the lady aminora? <laughs> labia minora. Labia minora. Yeah. Okay. So you need anatomy. You need, you need to know these things. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So the labia majora are the big lips of the vagina where the pubic hair grows. It's Latin. Yep. <laughs> the labia minora is the small. I'm familiar with the labia. I just was like, what is the lady aminora? <laughs> well, lady aminora is in third season of Game of Thrones, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> there. Yeah, so vestibulodynia is more like directed just at that small little area. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the difference between them. And for some people, that pain's there all the time. For other people, it's provoked. So it doesn't, they're fine all day until something touches that area. So it could be a tampon, it could be penetration from mm-hmm. something. That's PVD. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. 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 Or it could be literally for some people, it's as simple as like a tight seam on a pair of pants or underwear that's too tight. So. Mm. Wow. So it's just like a sensory sort of like something might, you know, be, be close to it, touch it. And then like that, pain. that reaction, just pain. Yeah. How um, do you, sorry. No, sorry to cut you off. I was going to say, I've, I've had people that literally 
haven't been able to go to school or, or to work because that pain is so severe that like they just can't function. How do you, as a pelvic floor physiotherapist, um, how do you, how do you practice internal, um, uh, ex- exams when you're starting out? Like, do you do it on yourself or do you find like willing participants that are like, sure, like you can internally exam me. Like, do you do it with your classmates? Like, yep. Really? Yeah, wow. we all do it on each other. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, that is a good question. It's, it's I what you would it. do. Yeah. It's what you do in you. You. You know. You. If you're a massage therapy, yeah. like physio you, school, you we practice everything. Palpate on each, on each other. Yeah. So. So. Wow. That. Wow. That's so. Fascinating. What did you just say? Palpate. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's a big word. I thought you said something Thanks. else. Uh, is it? Is it? Um, what did you think I said? Is it uncomfortable? <laughs> like I'm. I, I, I know it. each other. And I was like, that's a, that's crass. I just try to ignore it. I just try to ignore those side conversations sometimes. Um, is it, is it awkward and weird at first? I was very nervous. So I yeah. like literally, I didn't want, I wasn't going to do this. So like side note, I'm like a, I am like a germaphobe. I'm like super OCD. I know you guys have had episodes on that, but like mm-hmm. legit. Um, so for me to like dive into like, okay, I'm going to do internal exams. Like it was a big thing for me to, to go that route. But I was so passionate about it because I've dealt with so many issues personally. And I was just like, more women need to know this. So I was nervous as hell to go on my my first course, um, knowing that all these internal exams were going to be done. And I was literally three months postpartum when I went on my first oh, whoa. course. Are there male yeah. pelvic floor physiotherapists? I have never been on a course with them. There, there has been male pelvic floor physios, um, and there have been some on the course. So if that's the case, there's women on the course that have to agree to having that male physio perform internals. Um, so yeah, so we do everything on each other, um, and the instructor has to demonstrate on one of us. So I've whoa, literally whoa. been the model. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. At the front of the class. Oh, yeah. And when whoa. you're doing that, are you like, like what's the privacy or None. lack thereof None. None. no we we use a towel so right. this is how the course starts you go in i mean i guess privacy in a way needs to be sort of like for the sake of the learning aspect of everything you gotta rem- you gotta remove that aspect you got you. it's gotta be yeah. it's just yeah. gotta be like this is a human body right this is anatomy people have vaginas right here That's we go literally how we look at it remove even, the societal yeah. like which which like stigma a, around or sexual organs which yeah. is really it's really cool when like we're able to because it's so weird like sometimes i think about um the difference in um the way that we look at naked bodies um in the western world versus like um europe for example and like in europe you can go into like these co-ed spas where clothes they're clothing optional and people are just not weird about it yeah um and it's so interesting how, like, as a society in North America, we've become, like, a fearful of being naked in front of one another. Mm. Yeah. And, like, of course, there has to be that element of, like, feeling sexy when you're naked, too. But then also yeah. there has to be that, like, not... We are <laughs> so Take away the yeah. weirdness yeah. of, like, yeah. being naked around each other, too. Well, there's deep roots in, like, our in, like, the colonial, like, how we all come to be here in in north america in terms of you know like european you know like and religion and like everything that kind of happened when people come over here is like i mean that's like one of the that's like one of the things about like european colonialism here is like that they were like trying there was like people that one of the ideas was that they're trying to get away from like the openness of right of europe 
and that Europe was like too too much, like but, too crazy. But it's also been like it's also been amplified by modern media and the way that they make people feel ashamed of the way that they look. Yeah, very much so as well. Yeah, and that goes into it. Yeah, that's a big. I guess in and a, like in a more positivity. modern in a more modern context, that's mm-hmm. probably more, more of the reason. But I feel its roots are its roots go way back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we like even in physio school, we have to sign documents saying we're okay with disrobing because most of physio school, you're literally in a bra and like shorts because we do everything on each other. So in these courses, like, you know, you, you kind of start off the course, like you go in the room, you take your pants down, you put your little towel over. By the end of the course, like you, you're literally taking your pants off in front of like multiple people and hopping up on the bed and we have to be the demonstrators so that the instructor can show everyone how to do these exams. So like at one point I was, I was one of these models with like 18 girls, you know, staring Mm. down at you spread Eagle on a bed. And it's just, I don't know. It's not weird because we're all there for the same purpose. Yeah. Um, and and the lens and the context of what you're doing is not like, it has nothing to do with what we typically think of in society of when we think about like, when we think about sexual organs, like we're just yeah. not, we're not thinking of them in the context of sexuality. We're like, this is anatomy this is anatomy, and, and yeah. there's problems here and we want to solve them. Yeah. Was, was it challenging to learn, to learn? Um, cause obviously you can't like, you can't just like stick your head in and look around and go, Oh yeah, I kind of see it. Like you've got to, you like, you have to turn your hands into your eye, like into all your senses. Right. Yeah. Like, is it, was it a challenge for you to learn that, language with your hands inside a vagina and inside, you know, a a rectum, like to feel for the things that you're looking for. Cause you know, it's like, okay, you're practicing on classmates or, you know, your, your instructors practicing on, on you, but like you don't have vaginismus or, you know, your, your classmates don't have, um, pelvic organ prolapse, perhaps maybe you did. Okay, sure. There you go. (laughs) Um, so like, is there, is it, when you got into the real world, like, was it, uh, was it kind of, did you feel like you were kind of going into it blind? A little bit. I mean, there's such a variety of people on the course. Like I Mm. literally found out I had two prolapses on my course. Wow. You learned about it. Wow. Mm. Wow. What's that? Like, what was that like realizing that? It was surprising. Like I, I legitimately didn't know that that was happening. And I think probably a lot of women don't notice because so many people don't look down there. Like I tell all my clients, like regularly look at your vagina, like get on the bed, get out a mirror, look at it. Because if something is different, like how are you ever going to know if you don't know what it looks like right now? Mm -hmm. Like, was it a moment for you where where it was kind of like a but that does explain things. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like a, the yeah. Did, did the person doing the exam were like, oh, by the way, like you you have uh, a two prolapse. prolapse. Yeah, yeah, it was my instructor actually um, that told me, and it was it was just great to know because I knew she was like one of the best in literally in Canada that was like <laughs> looking at me, and so I felt like privileged to have learned it from her and learn what to do at that time, but. Um, you know, we had other, we had another particular girl on our course that did have a lot of pain with intercourse. So being on that course, I'm sure was mm. like, Oh my gosh. And we had women who were menopausal. Like we did have women on the course that were at such varying stages that did have issues. Right. So that part was great. And then, yeah, a lot of it you learn as you're going, like when you see different things, but I think having practiced as a physio for, you know, 
quite a few years before going into this is especially like all physios we have to palpate everything so we have yeah. to be able to feel if you come in with a sore elbow we have to be able to feel around your elbow and know does mm. that feel normal does that feel tight does that like we still look for trigger points we still look mm. for stuff in tissue so my like tactile sensation in my hands were already there and it was just you can't see it no but we know the anatomy inside and out. Right. So there's certain landmarks that we're looking for. There are things we're looking for when we're doing an internal. And I probably very weirdly to many of my clients, I close my eyes sometimes during internals because then you can, you can focus sometimes. Mm. Like I will just kind of close my eyes for a second. Yeah, that's exactly where I am. And don't do so much then, but definitely if I'm do a lot of stuff with core as well and women who might have like separation mm. of their core muscles. And oftentimes when I'm palpating their core, I always close my eyes because if I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm seeing something different than if my eyes are closed and I'm literally just feeling Feeling it. it. And there is something to the idea that when you like that, your other senses become more sensitive when you take one, when you take maybe an unnecessary one of them away. Yeah. Like we, well, we did the night walk the other night. We were at Windhorse Farm. We do a night walk every time we're there. We go in the dark. We walk these trails at pitch black. And I mean, it is, it is, (laughs) it is. It's amazing. Wild how, what your senses get up to when you can't see and yeah. you still have to navigate your surroundings. I weirdly closed my eyes while I was walking in the dark. Right. Because like yeah. there's, there's, your eyes serve such little purpose that your ears and smell and sound or in touch and how, you know, how the ground sounds and feels underneath your feet tell you about your surroundings, where you're yeah. going, what direction you're Eyes are you're useless. Thought, well, right? I, I'm, I'm curious to know, we, we've talked about people with vaginas, that but uh, our... Why would a man maybe perhaps want to see a, a pelvic floor ther- physiotherapist? I mean, if a man's pissing himself when he laughs or or can't like can't uh, you know is scared to fart, um, maybe go. But are there any other reasons yeah. why someone might want to go see? So there are men that have pain with intercourse. Um, erectile dysfunction is another one that people can come to pelvic floor physio for. And then probably like one of the biggest is any prostate issues. Oh, yeah. So if someone's right. had prostate cancer or prostatectomy. Um, if you've had a prostatectomy, the rates of like erectile dysfunction and leakage, like urinary leakage in, in those men is pretty significant. Right. Um, then there's lots of men that also have tailbone pain. Like if you've fallen on your tailbone, chances are mm, like your yeah. pelvic floor is going to get hurt the same as a woman. So for men, it's rectal. Like rectal Yeah, I was going to say, do you, it's I just you rectal? I to ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we still palpate on the outside and like touch the outside of the body too, but... You sure you can't just like muscle. going through the urethra and just <laughs> oh like my God. that's called sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want very dainty little, little <laughs> physio fingers. <laughs> uh, yep. you, what is the you know what is the um, the average difference in comfort level between men and women when you see them? I personally don't see men. I only see women. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't be able to say, but I think the majority of men that are going to pelvic floor physio like the issues they're dealing with are so life affecting that mm, that it doesn't that, yeah that. and most of them i mean if you've been through prostatectomy like you've had some pretty intrusive things done so and so you you mean that in the way that you know you know a, a woman might see a see a, a a pelvic floor physio for like any number of reasons ranging from like you know you know sore not, tailbone not not yeah. that not that um not that uh severe to to very severe obviously yeah. but men m- tend to on average see 
a pelvic floor physio because there's a very serious, like it's more common for a man, a man to see one if the, if the thing is Yeah, missed. if there's been like surgery or like say anything with the prostate or erectile dysfunction. And there are young men out there that have like a lot of pain with intercourse mm-hmm. in and around the muscles of that area. So there is men that seek it for that reason too, which isn't mm-hmm. as serious as like a prostatectomy. But So when I woke up today, this is the story I wanted to tell you guys. Oh God. When I woke <laughs> up today. Sore, sore boner. I... I, for a second, I was like, maybe I should see a pelvic floor physiotherapist, but I, I don't actually think I should. Um, but I, so I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you the story last night. Was this the thing that you were going to tell me? I was going to tell you, you to tell yeah. me and then you wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. So last night I was, uh, I was, uh, asleep as I usually am at night. <laughs> and I had this, I had this dream that I was in the IWK, the, uh, the children's hospital here in Halifax. Oh, you were going to tell me the story while we were at our, our, our dear friends, our late best friends, uh, room dedication opening. The family room. Yeah. Dedicated to, in memory of our friend Brandon who passed away with cancer. Uh, I, I, I chose not to tell you this story <laughs> at the opening open house of that room with his family, uh, there. So I'm in the IWK in my dream last night and, uh, not to like go too far into dreams cause that's always fucking boring. But in this dream, very important part of it, I had to go to the bathroom really badly. And so I go into the bathroom and actually this is kind of oh, weird. No, this dude, is a, you peed the bed. <laughs> hold on. This is, a, this, this is a weird part of, of the dream. The bathroom, uh, all the stalls were were only three feet high, and so and and there were only stalls. And I went into one stall and I, I sat down because I had to take a shit. And I was sitting down to shit in, in, on the in the bathroom stall, and a guy walked in, and we were having a conversation. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, like, this is you know how like when you're taking a shit, a lot of times it's like this feels so good, like the feeling of having a poop, oftentimes feels really good. And mm-hmm. I was going, this feels so good. And then I woke up and I went. Whoa. <laughs> and I went, whoa. I think I almost just took a shit. Whoa. And then, and then I was like, that's crazy. I don't, I don't think I've ever taken a shit in a dream. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then I, said, I said that too. I was like, I don't think I've ever dreamt about shitting. <laughs> and then I was like, well, time to go back to sleep. Cause it was like fucking 3 a.m. And like in my head, I'm going, oh, you're sleepy. Go back. And then I go, no, I should, I got a shit. I should probably just like get up and go to the bathroom. So I got up. Went to the bathroom, that sat down. such an odd time to have to go to the bathroom. So weird, right? Yeah. So sat down, took a poo. And as I got up to like get ready to go back to bed, I was like, I was really close to shitting. <laughs> <laughs> like too close. And I looked down at my underwear. No, you had a little brown. You a little shirt? And I, sh- I shat <laughs> no, in my pants. I had a little really? bit of shit in my pants. Yeah, and I was so sad. Dude, I sulked back to the bed. <laughs> but is that, that's not a pelvic, that's just a psychological, you know, you, you, in your, in your mind, in well, your subconscious. Let's ask the <laughs> professional here. What, did, should I go see someone? Uh, were you drinking? Well, no. So here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes and no. Like I wasn't like drinking crazy, but I had a couple. You were kind of drunk when you came, when you dropped my phone off. Uh, uh uh, you yelled something at me that made me think because you weren't when we were at the bar, but then I left and you were there for another 45 minutes or an yeah. hour. And then you dropped the phone off and you yelled something at me when I was walking away from the car. And I went, I didn't drive the car. I went, Be- 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 Becca yeah, drove sorry, me. Becca was driving. <laughs> Becca was driving. You were in the bathroom. Street. You yelled something at me and I, and I literally to myself, I went, Daddy, okay. daddy's, so, daddy's, daddy's drunk. Okay. Was well, Jeremy <laughs> drinking? Come on. I, I, had a, I had a few pints, but I wasn't like, I wasn't. You were in hand. No, 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 no. Just a like regular that. night. However, I am taking really strong antibiotics. And one of the antibiotics, very specifically... Causes diarrhea. Yes, causes diarrhea. 
um, uh, I forget the antibiotic that I'm on, but it's like a combination of two pills in one pill. The, the um, pill, the, the antibiotic causes diarrhea. Yes. Or it's a symptom of yes, it. Yes, it causes diarrhea, the antibiotic. So, so I mean, I'm kind of chalking it up to that. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also was like, do I just have like, because I've had abdominal surgery. So I'm like, mm-hmm. do, do I just have like really weak? But I've, I don't really, although I don't trust farts. <laughs> the way I used to since my surgery either. Well, so I feel like that's the thing about getting older though, too. You just, he can't like the more you gamble, the more likely you are to Sometimes lose. Sometimes I go through periods where I'll go where for like, for whatever reason, like I'm not sick. I don't have diarrhea, but for like a week, I can't trust. And yeah. I'm like, and I, and yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll, ha- it'll go on for long <laughs> enough where I go, is this my new normal? Wait, how many times have you shit sure. yourself in one week? Oh, no, I don't. I don't ever shit myself. That's what I'm saying. But they. But all, how do you know you can't trust it? For because a week? there's a difference. You feel, you it. feel, you feel it's it. It's a feeling. I get dude, it, dude. And you end up farting, and it's fine. But like, there's a few seconds leading up to it where you're going, "Oh fuck, dude, I'm gambling. <laughs> this is a gamble for sure." Yeah, I'm and, going to the roulette table, and it could be red or black. And here's another thing that might that might be telling you whether or not I should go see someone. Sometimes now, like. And again, it's it's been since I've been like really sick. So I've been basically taking fuckloads of antibiotics for like the last month and a half. Um, but sometimes now I'll be peeing, standing up peeing. I, I don't normally sit down to pee. So I'll be standing, peeing. And as I'm peeing, I'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, because I just feel like I'm about to shit myself. And, and I got to go into like mad control area. But I, I pinch off the pee and that hurts. And like, yeah, it stings. So anyway, I look at the, like, look at the conversation like, you stimulated. Stephanie. I feel like the answer is yes. Ah, fuck. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. That's um, such a professional's opinion, though. She said, at the beginning, she said at the beginning, that was the very first question. You said, who should see a, a pelvic floor physio? And she said, Everyone. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's because she makes money off (laughs) it. Yeah, it's a conspiracy theory. She's like, I said, I don't see men, but I'll see you. Come on in. (laughs) I charge double. (laughs) I think, like, okay, so anytime you've had an abdominal surgery, we talk about um, core as, like, literally just being, like, your core muscles, like your Mm -hmm. six-pack muscles. Um, But really, your core is the diaphragm at the top, your core muscles in the middle, your pelvic floor at the bottom, mm-hmm. and your multifidus, which is like a little muscle that runs up the spine, that's your your core. So like mm-hmm. that cylinder. So if you've had an abdominal surgery, even laparoscopic, yeah, they're not. That's not as big, but you sure. still has had something go through your core, which yep. can disrupt how it it functions. Um, plus, you cough all the time. All the time, yeah. right? So that's constant pressure on your mm-hmm. pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So is um is when you're that when you were kind of describing the core there and 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 it is it is uh commonly misunderstood that your core is like sort of that that belt area right around the whole body not just on the on your abdomen um and you know when people have uh chronically poor posture mm-hmm. and you know they slouch at their upper back which makes their pelvis tilt posteriorly and yeah. and and you know they kind of get that hunch going on and then that is stretching out the muscles on their back, which is obviously leading to a a, a less engagement in the back and, and a tightening in the front is a lack of like, is, is bad posture. Can that lead to basically just, you know, not being able to control or lack of control when it comes to the pelvic floor? 100%. 
Yeah. You need like good functioning diaphragm, good breath control, good core function, good pelvic floor function. So if something is off in that and there is something with posture, then it, for sure it affects mm-hmm. the way the pelvic floor is sitting. Like, yeah. I, and, and I guess that just brings me back to like, you know, I was 20 when I started practicing yoga and I didn't, uh, and I was an athlete before that playing hockey, but I never really paid much attention to posture or anything like that. Um, until I started doing yoga, which is like, basically everything you just said, like yeah. it's core awareness, it's breath awareness, it's posture, it's posture awareness. It's all these things. And the pelvic floor is also a really big theme throughout yoga practice core and, yeah. and, and, and pelvic floor. Um, is that, you know, not, not for like an advert for yoga or anything, but like that, but, um, from your end, but is that, is, is yoga something that, you know, you, you would go, I know you said, you know, you practice and is that something that y- you would recommend to somebody who, you know, might just need like a tune up around yeah. like some lifestyle, like in invi- like in lifestyle thing to kind of fix their some yeah, of their issues. And with so many pelvic floor, I probably see more people that deal with tension in the pelvic floor. So a big part of that is also like calming down the central nervous system. So that breathing and that awareness and that mindfulness that comes from yoga. I have some training in yoga too, so I incorporate it almost daily in Mm. my practice. So I often will send people like to yoga or Pilates, something that they're really functioning and looking at posture and breath control and, and core control. And so a hundred percent, I, I'd use both of those exercises almost daily. Mm. Cool. Cool. I I feel like there's a a bit of like buzz around pelvic floor right now. And, and, um, and I've been, I've been hearing more about it lately. Mm -hmm. Um, but with anything that starts to become more popular, I find that there's a lot of like misinformation and and stigma around something like that. Yeah. Is there anything um that you've heard commonly or that is a common misconception um that you can shine a little bit of light on for people who are listening to this? As far as like is there towards- like stigma towards the pelvic floor misconceptions that you'll hear people come into your office and talk to you and you're like actually no it's not actually like that. Yeah, I think probably one of the biggest misconceptions is that the Kegel will fix everything. Like people are like, mm. just Kegel, I'll fix that. That Kegels will fix that. And that's probably the biggest misconception because most people aren't doing Kegels right. And most of the people that I see have to stop Kegeling and like focus on down training and relaxing their mm. pelvic floor before mm. they start to Kegel. Yeah. So I think Kegels are just thrown out way too often without actually like knowing everything that's going on. Mm. Sweet. It is it is a lot harder to turn things off sometimes than it is to turn things on. Mm-hmm. I find it much. I find that people it takes much more brain power to tell something to relax than Dude, it does to flex something. It's like me in dance class. Yeah, you know, I've been dancing. I've been doing these dance classes lately. We were talking about this before we I haven't started had a chance to talk about it on the podcast yet. Um, but like when I dance, I'm so stiff. Yeah, Ooh. like I I'm I'm just so you're used doing to- the robot, and they're like, we're not doing the robot. <laughs> I also want to say I like I say how bad I am at dance. I yeah, I'm I'm not good, but like I feel like I'm not that. Yeah, bad. Right, you're, you're, doing, you're learning how to but, do uh, it. But um, I'm definitely stiff, and it's it's just because I'm so used to engaging all of my muscles that like when I when I try to move like fluidly. Are you I doing this, this because you know that you're like like very soon about to be a father, and you don't want to <laughs> dance like a dad? <laughs> like you'd rather not be like you know, you know, the, you know the dad I, dance kind of like so, I'm so cautious like when I'm bringing up Maddie's stories and Maddie's experience like to like <laughs> not like I don't want to say number one because I know that you guys will fucking say something <laughs> but uh, but I, I don't want to like misconstrue like the information from her story and her experience but 
She's not fucking pregnant. <laughs> really? Said oh. with conviction. At least uh, not anymore. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ, oh, That was Whoa. a bad joke. That, was, wow, a bad that joke. was a bad joke. I had to say, it's one of those things that come in your head. Hey, there's nothing wrong with abortion. That's a, that's okay. That's not, a, that's not a bad joke, necessarily. Yeah. And if, you know... That, I mean, actually, we're gonna be. It was kind of a bad joke. But no, I mean, it's not. Know. It's not. And you know, it's funny. It's I, funny that you said oh, that because I don't I think you got an abortion joke. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you kind of were. You should have. You should have saved it for. Uh, for that's how I took it. For tomorrow, oh, man. Donovan cut the end. No, don't, don't leave it, Donovan. Because tomorrow we're actually talking to a guest who uh, about abortion. So this oh, is this awesome. is really that's perfect timing. Yeah. Okay. Good job, Brian. Good job for making an uh, uh, an abortion joke. Hey, Maddie. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm sorry. I we just won't talk about you on the podcast anymore. Stephanie, this has been this has been a treat. I'm so stoked that you were you were down to come and talk to three guys who like clearly don't know much about much, but are always down to talk about uh, the female anatomy and and the importance of the things that a lot of people just don't know. Yeah. Um, because I, I I truly do feel like this is one of those episodes that um, it, our listenership is very uh, leans very much more female than male. And so I, I hope that this conversation um, maybe opens up some like doors or, or opens up some people's minds to something that might actually really benefit their their overall health. Yeah. Um, and so for that, I thank you very much for coming in and, and chatting with us. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's just mm-hmm. nice to get the information out there. And literally my passion since starting this is just to like educate women. I yeah. just want people mm-hmm. to know that it's out there and that there's help for it and things that we think are normal are not normal. They're really common, but there's people out there that can help. So, and if, where, where do you work? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, do you yeah. where do you work out of? What's your clinic? How yeah. can people find you? Um, so I work out of Choice Health Center. We have two locations: one in Dartmouth and one in Halifax. Um, so I can be found online, like if you just Google Stephanie Brown or Google Choice Health Center. Um, and then if you aren't in this area and you're looking for um, a pelvic floor physio, if you're in Canada, if you go to um, uh, womenshealthcpa.com, there's literally a list of practicing pelvic floor physios all over Canada and it'll pop up the ones that are closest to you. And literally for anyone else outside of Canada, like if you go on and Google pelvic floor physiotherapy wherever you live, you're going to get people that pop up. So um, just if you have something that's going on, just know that you can go online and find someone. You don't have to go to a doctor to get a referral. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, it was really fun. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, As always, we'll be back next week with another fascinating episode, probably about abortion, to be honest with you. Um, And in the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. The first and the big one is uh, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And uh, smash that subscribe button. Dude, smash it. Smash it hard. And then you can smash your way on over to patreon.com slash sickboy and, uh, and become a patron. We got, uh, we, you know, we, we did a photo shoot the other day. We had some hilarious photos. <laughs> we were thinking about doing a Christmas card for our patrons. I'm, yeah. just, I'm putting it out there because like, if I say it, it'll make us more likely to do it. Yeah, we are, um, we are doing it. Okay. It's really, 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 really funny. So if you want one of the funniest Christmas cards you'll ever see in your whole entire life, then go to patreon.com slash sickboy, become a patron, help us out, help us spread the word, help us talk to more people, tell more stories, and we will love you for it. We love you anyway, but we'll love you more, I guess. And uh, thanks as always to Donovan, the CPAP Morgan, for the amazing sound design on the show. Donovan, thanks for making it sound like we are in a, uh, what's that, the guy Richard... Uh, the fucking workout guy Richard Simmons Richard Simmons (laughs) thanks for making it sound like we're in a Richard Simmons workout video but we're just focusing on pelvic floor Richard Simmons music Uh video that is taking place inside a vagina all 
Yeah, exactly. Whoa, that's going to be hard to yeah. do, Donovan. Good luck. Well, uh, he did make it sound like we were in styrofoam before, so I think anything is possible. Yeah. And also, thanks to our friends, be there. Uh, Jack.org's be there. And those guys are so oh. great. They're, they're providing this incredible resource online. Is this episode coming out? Is this coming out on Monday? No. No. No, this is episode is coming out. No, this episode is coming out weeks. in yeah, in, in a number of weeks. Pretty close to Christmas. Okay, never mind. Yeah. All good. That wow. polar bear tip that we did for <laughs> Be There was great. It was like really great time, that yeah. we're doing in the future and in the past at the same time. <laughs> <coughs> but I just wanted to say BeThere.org. If you uh, know somebody struggling with um, uh, mental health issues and you want to support them, BeThere.org has some incredible resources for that. So just just go there and, and, and learn because learning how to help somebody is an amazingly powerful and positive thing. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Stephanie. And this is Sick Boy. guest is stephanie brown she talks about the importance of your pelvic floor that's between your happy babby and your doobie doobie let's talk about it <laughs> for more cbc podcasts go to cbc.ca podcasts